Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to Geeking In. I am Jay, I'm your party host, so grab your bob and your beer or your brew, half a sugar and almond milk, just the way you like it, and strap in while we talk about all sorts of weird things. I am joined, as always, by the incredible, the invincible, the infamous, our futurist, our Tony Stark. How are you doing, T? I'm doing very well, Jay. I'm very happy to be here. Let's talk Good. <laughs> We're happy you're here as well. Um, and the we being myself as well as Mr. Fantastic, our flexible friend, the pajamaed prince of the paws we were promised. Hey, Denby. Hey, what's wrong with J and T? You're looking kind of down to me. Because <laughs> things ain't over. Listen to what I say. Got to geek in. <laughs> Got to geek out. <laughs> I'm so glad these are back. I mean... If anyone's wondering why we're not on YouTube, this is the reason. Because the the, rem- the songs are so good that they'd get um, copyright marks straight away, and we'd get the videos taken down. So um, yeah, that's that's kind of where we are with it. But that's where we are, and and that was a shout out to all of our groovy listeners, be you in Hemel, Dublin, or Oregon. Never done Oregon. Um, it's like I've never said that word before, <laughs> despite saying it fairly frequently. Um, uh, you know what? It's because I said Hemel rather than Hemel Hempstead, and that confused me. Uh, uh, it just threw me completely off of my my game because I am that that finely balanced. Um, uh, but thank you wherever you are for rating, review, subscribing, and sharing. I really thought finely balanced was your link to your first topic. The way you kind of awkwardly went to there. Like, and speaking of finely balanced, no, awkwardly went to there is just where I am. Now. Um, and I'm now awkwardly going to go to at Geeking in Pod, which is where you can find us on Twitter and Instagram uh, and tell us about our awkward conversations. As um, Holbrace did this week, at Holbrace, uh, said she finally caught up and wanted to say hi. Uh, Shang-Chi was a good film, but a bit predictable in places. Free Guy was super. Um, I know we, this is kind of a, a tangent, but uh, T, you finally got to watch Shang-Chi. I did. Oh, it was uh, almost great. It was so many great things about it. I loved so many things. I loved all the the martial arts, the fights. I liked that uh, fight in a bus is the new fight in a corridor, and then fight on the outside of a building is the new fight on a bus. Um uh, the cast was amazing. Aquafina was hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. I loved all the family connections. I loved all the cultural stuff. Oh, it was so good. I didn't love um, the dragon versus dragon fight at the end. I'm not sure why we went there. Um, and I didn't... Uh, I mean, I love anything Tony Lung does. I'm Tony Lung obsessed. 
But some and I and I got what he was trying to do. So he well, he didn't want to play just you know generic big villain. I'm gonna bring it down to the heart of this person. Why does this person feel this way? That was amazing, and and he played it so brilliantly with all the silences. But it did make the ten rings feel like it's like one bloke and eighteen employees, um, and that you know in one compound. So it just felt really small, um, mm. and I thought that was a bit of a shame. Uh, but having said that, I, man, I really enjoyed it. I really loved it. I, I want to see way more Shang-Chi in, in the MCU. I want to see what Simu Liu's doing next. I loved how Aquafina's like part of the gang because for some reason uh, the MCU really rates archers. <laughs> I spent a day learning to like shoot in a bow and arrow. You come with and us. And speaking of art, no, no, I can't hey! do that one yet. No, I've still got stuff to do. I can't do that one yet. <laughs> Anyway, loved it. Um, yeah, Dragon vs. Dragon was a bit stupid um, and, and strange and unnecessary because really the final fight should have been, you know, uh, Shang-Chi and Tony Lung like on their home compound in the rain and that kind of stuff. That's what you wanted to see. Um, not like the two heroes hanging off the back of a dragon while it kind of ran around another dragon or whatever, whatever the fuck happened there. I, I can't get... I don't understand what that happened. I was just like, why did no one... At any point, go, yeah, yeah, this is really stupid. Refilm this ending. Put your main two actors and make them have a fight. Uh, but apart from that, really, really good. Really, really good. Definitely will be rewatched. As is my measure of these films, is it will I rewatch? And the answer is yes, definitely will be rewatching this one. So Screen Rant have their um, uh, pitch meeting for it, which, as you would imagine, is brilliant because it always is. Um, and there's one bit there where they're talking about, you know, and then, you know, we see you've got this, this, you know, really intense martial arts fight between these two people. I'm like, really, that's, that's, you know, refreshingly balanced. And then, uh, and then dragons. Ah, like, oh, there's Marvel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't want to do a blue light stick shooting into the sky. We'll just do a blue dragon instead. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a, a real shame because the rest of it was really kind of, it did feel grounded and it did you know, it felt like a, a kung fu movie that happens to be set in the Marvel universe, rather than you know, until the yeah, end. Yeah, and and I I loved it for all the reasons that I listed. Um, but um, I, you know, the the other part is that you need to be able to lift it up slightly beyond. You know, if this is going to be someone who is going to be in your next tier, Avengers dealing with with whatever the Phase Four yeah. big bad is, then. You know, he can't just be, you know, Hawkeye level power. And that's yeah. still not the link because I've still got to plug out t-shirts before. <laughs> so I'm turning down all of these great links. And oh, then, what a shame! And I then when I say, get well, to well, it, one other really random thing from this, right? So you know, we had all the all the gorgeous shots of sexy Simulu, you know, with his shirt off and all of this. And I'm saying there's my wife going, oh, you know, enjoying the eye candy here, and she's like, no, he is no way near. Look how fucking gorgeous Tony Lung is. He's not handsome enough. <laughs> and she couldn't get over, like, we watched Infernal Affairs recently uh, together not too long ago. So she just couldn't get over, like, no one could be good looking enough to be Tony Lung's son. Basically, even like mega hot Simulu. So, uh, yeah, sorry, Simulu. <laughs> I have enjoyed him reclaiming all of the Shutterstock stock yes! images. That he's... Oh my God, he's hilarious. Honestly, have you seen his AMA? He did a great one on Reddit. Um, no. Oh God, he's just—he's just so witty. He's just so in touch. Honestly, it's—it's it's amazing. 
he and he has he has you know the audiences he has the the people just eating out of his hand he's got an, you know a really solid fan he deserves he's such he's so clearly a nice guy and and he's willing to you know fight for representation fight for the things that matters and all the things that you know came out after the last season of Kim's Convenience and stuff like that just just deserves all the success in the world you know really support this guy he's going to be a big player I hope I, I think so and I think there's a certain amount of um, that film that sets him up to be an important character in future films. Um, why, why Katie goes along for the ride, I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm strangely here for it. So <laughs> Yeah, you know. right. Like, cool, fair enough. <laughs> you come too. Yeah, you do. <laughs> She's also an Avengers now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're all good, man. I would much, I'm much more interested in like Shang-Chi's story than like Doctor Strange, you know, in terms of characters who are remaining. And I think we talked about this last week where I felt, you know, Doctor Strange is a bit of a Tony Stark redone, just a bit more of an arsehole. And, you know, um, Ant-Man is great because of the power of Paul Rudd. But beyond that, the character's not that interesting. But Shang-Chi as a character is really interesting to me. Um, you know, I imagine it was going to be uh, Black Panther leading, leading the other way, but I think without that as an option, Shang Chi is a really good choice. Is he or is the obvious choice Kate Bishop? No, I'm still not there yet. I can't do that. One. <laughs> <laughs> t-shirts. Um, if you, uh, if you, <laughs> if you oh, um, have feelings in any way, shape, or form about Shang Chi then at Geeking in Pod is where to go and tell us all about it, both on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and while you are there, you will find the Linktree link that takes you to everything that we, uh, everywhere we are and everything we sell. Uh, so you will be able to go onto Teesprings and find our T-shirts, our mugs and our masks. And, and this is going to be really, really poor after the 16 handoffs that I've just <laughs> ignored. Um, and there's such a wide range of T-shirts and mugs that you will find whatever you are looking to do to hit the mark. And speaking oh, of hitting the mark, oh. don't oh, judge me. I've had to let 15 go. Well done, well done. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got a trailer for um, Marvel's Die Hard. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's That's exactly where my head went as well. After we saw Marvel's speed with Shang-Chi, <laughs> Hawkeye, the series, has got a trailer. Um, Christmas-themed, uh, even down to, you know, the pun about, you know, it coming with a bow. Um, but uh, we got to see a real lot, considering it's, it's a trailer. Hmm. Um, we've got to see the, the beginnings of uh, the Kate Bishop story. We got to see her very modestly declare herself the, the, the world's greatest archer. Just something I'm sure everyone just brings up in conversation. Um, we've got to see a little bit Ronin and uh, how it works through. And then the bit that everyone's very excited about, we got to see that there is a Steve Rogers musical called Rogers. Yep. Uh, which looks like it's kind of a Hamilton-esque mm-hmm. um, thing. I adore Hamilton. I adore Marvel. I want this to be a real thing. Let's do it. I'm in. Um, B, how did you find Hawkeye? Uh, odd. Um, 
I don't know. Is this is this a is this being billed as a comedy? Uh, is this going to happen it's over a not, weekend? Not being billed as a comedy. It certainly felt like it. Um, I don't know. I I don't know if 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 this really excites me in in as much as the other three have done mm. so far. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just something not not quite there with it. I, I don't think it's just I, Hawkeye was was the weakest Avenger as far as I'm concerned in terms of character. Um, really didn't miss him much in Infinity. Um, it, it's just I don't know. Not not into it to be honest. The character or the trailer or all of it together? Uh, well, I mean, for me to get interest into into a TV show or film, it has to be about the character, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I, I, I just don't think Hawkeye brought much to the Avengers, apart from a bow and arrow. Yep, fair enough. Um, and I just, I just, I, I just, just wasn't into this trailer. Don't know. Fair enough. I um, I loved it. I'm I'm here for it. I I agree. Hawkeye is a ridiculous member of the Avengers, next to you know Thor and the Hulk. <laughs> and it's not like Tony then gave him a little suit to save him. It is insane. Um, but I'm also like really here for stuff like that. Um, this seems heavily based on the Hawkeye comic by uh, Matt Fraction and David Adger. And I love that comic. And it's just, that's kind of about the same thing. You know, it's just like this kind of useless guy who's not really, you know, how the hell are you part of the Avengers? But I I really like that kind of hero. I like the guys who get their ass kicked. I mean, I'm a big Daredevil fan because Daredevil loses most of the time. He just gets his ass kicked all the time. Not wow. with the ladies. <laughs> I mean, he might be into that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm well into Hawkeye. I'm well into Kate Bishop. I really like the story in the comics uh, that this seems to be taking inspiration from. Um, so I'm there for that. I mean, the 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 thing that annoyed me, and it's a really stupid thing, but <laughs> I'm one of these people, and this is ridiculous. I I acknowledge before I even say it. I'm one of these people that gets annoyed at Christmas stuff coming out earlier and earlier every year and you know you're seeing like christmas decorations in shops in like september and stuff like that i'm like fuck's sake you know it's a few months away and seeing a christmas themed trailer now even though i acknowledge it's a show that's probably going to be released over the christmas period i'm just like oh fuck's sake am i gonna have to start listening to mariah carey now and fucking buble is gonna be on the radio i don't even listen to radio it still annoys me um <laughs> just the fact that somewhere he's on yeah just like i don't even go to shops it's not like i have to go into shops and listen to that stuff anymore and it's still annoying and i acknowledge that's ridiculous but there's part of me that's oh, fuck, another christmas thing i don't i don't i don't know I don't, I don't see the appeal of like basing films at christmas that don't benefit from that i guess this did with the whole you know daddy you're gonna be home for christmas for the first time ever you know to which Hawkeye probably could have said, yeah, I could have been there most of the time, because it's not like all of the Avengers films you took, watched, any of them took place over Christmas. So it's just that one shitty Iron Man film. 
That wasn't a part of that. Uh, anyway, uh, it sounded cool. It sounds cool. I'm up for it. Um, it's it will be interesting to see how well, with the sort of the family man twist of it. I think because um, again, you know, going back to that comic, you know, he's just a single bloke and it's you know just a guy in an apartment and a bit of a loser and all that kind of stuff. But here, of course, he's got a secret family and all that side to him as well. Um, and I'm always here for that stuff because you know some dude talking to his daughter about be trying to be there at home for Christmas is is just easy heartstring tugging for me. You know, <laughs> it's just an easy trigger. I'm in. I'm in. Um, uh, a bit annoyed it's Christmas, but I'm still in. I mean, it isn't on until pretty much Christmas. I think it's November the twenty second or something. Mm-hmm. It starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so rewatch it in like February, and I'll be like, oh fuck, it's so long till Christmas. Do you know what I mean? And it's a stupid thing. How, that, it. how dare they do how this to me? How dare they? I might want to watch Die Hard in the summer, but I can't now, can I? Fucking Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Die Hard too, isn't it? <laughs> um. Die Harder. What a great title. <laughs> so good. Live free, die hard. Um, I, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. It's, it's you know, I, I love the fact that um, it's still part of this narrative that we're trying to build of, you know, what's happened in the last five years has actually happened. So, Lovely, you got your family back. We're amazingly happy that you've, you know, you've regained your humanity and blah blah blah. However, the people that you were mowing down in Japan and you know, brutally killing to the point where even the dude named War Machine is going, I think he's gone too far. Um, you know, th- those sins have to come home somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, and I really like the idea of of you know him trying to move past that and work through. And it's interesting, and I don't think they'll do it. But I, I got kind of initially, I kind of got like Punisher style vibes of you know his family dying and you know mm. whatever else. And then I remembered that that actually was the origin in the Ultimates. You know, he's he's a little bit the Ultimates version of Clint Barton is is far more kind of deranged and detached mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. just an out and out suicide kind of uh, mentality because uh, he's lost his family and therefore he's just this kind of, you know, loose cannon on it. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to go that way. Uh, a, because it's Marvel. B, because it's Christmas. Um, but, um, you know, there is going to be a point where you can kind of see him having to kind of um, pay this off in some sort of way. And in the comics, we know there have been a number of Ronins, um, mm-hmm. and, and that might kind of come to play in regards to, you know, people taking the heat off of him. Um, the comedic tones are, are 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 right. I'm okay with it. You know, it's two actors in uh, Hay Seinfeld and him who can do that kind of comedic um, kind of stuff. Um, I don't know whether the the trailer is a good reflection of pound for pound jokes per minutes kind of thing, jokes per action, whatever else, or whether it's just kind of like, you know, we've taken the six jokes that are in three one-hour episodes and squeezed them into a 30-second trailer. Um, 
So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see. It's it's quite you know they they've kind of got a, a certain amount of goofiness playing up in both of them. Um, uh, and you know I, I think part of that does play with someone like Hawkeye because you are playing into the ridiculousness of um, him. You know mm-hmm. he's a guy with a bow and arrow who's fighting against who's fighting with gods and super soldiers and everyone else. Um, I mean, in the so, yeah. very first big alien battle, you genuinely ran out of arrows. <laughs> it yep. was a genuine part of your adventure that you had to go and get one extra one, and then presumably stopped fighting because you were done. You went home. <laughs> just, just stayed on the rooftop, calling yeah. them out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and, and you know him just kind of owning it in Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. um, in the inspiration, um. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, one of the things that I, I and also I want an entire episode dedicated to the, the, the Rogers musical, please. Um, <laughs> one of the interesting things that's uh, come from this is there is uh, speculation that in one of the very quick moments uh, where he's talking to his, di- to his daughter uh, around the 26 minute, 26 second mark of the trailer, he seems to have something in his ear. Now, this could be a uh, communicator or something like that, or it could be a hearing aid. Yeah, that'd be great. They've Which, not shown again, him. Is... They've not had that at all in the show, in the in the films yet, have they? They've not mentioned him being deaf. No. However, I mean, in comics, he was from um, uh, 1983. Mm. Um, uh he was deafened by crossfire um, that got rescinded and kind of rebooted in, when he, uh, from the house of M storyline, mm-hmm. uh, but volume four, number 15 uh, had him being rendered deaf again. When the clown ja- clown jammed Clint's own arrow in both his ears. Now the clown is rumored to be in the Hawkeye show. Um, and again, I, I, I think it would probably be a slightly different. Mm. Um, I'd hope it would be a slightly different um, way through. But uh, yeah, it could be. Um, and, you know, the rumors have swirled that Echo might uh, be in this one as well. So we, we could see that being a storyline in it. Yeah, I, I always felt that was a shame they never included that. I feel like in the comics, it's one of those <laughs> where the writers are starting to lose track of, is, is he deaf now? Is he not? You know, like there was that period where uh, Professor X kept getting his legs back randomly and then not again. Yes. And, then that, and then it was like, well, maybe we should just draw him sitting on a chair and that way maybe he's walking, maybe he's not. Shear tech. Remember, yeah. Um, yeah, felt felt like a bit like that. But when they use it, it's really nice, I think. Um, excellent. I'm oh, looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think in, in today's world where representation is so important, it mm-hmm. can't just be a, and he's healed. Mm. He was deaf for a minute, but it's mm-hmm. okay because he's learned a lesson. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how they, they, they bring it through. But mm. um, 
yeah, it's it. I think it's going to be an interesting one to to wait and see and and work through, and and it'll be interesting to see what Kate Bishop brings to the MCU, other than you know just a real down to earth and modest opinion of herself. It seems. Mm-hmm. Um, but there we go. Uh, November twenty fourth, it is due. So uh, we've got a little while to wait yet. Um, How many episodes are there? Do we know? Is it six or more? I don't know. Let me see mm. if I can. If what my friend the thing? The they said it would be. Um, what did Feige say that each be about nine hours long? Mm. Yeah, six, I mean, the... six hours long. Did he say? I can't remember now. But they'll be cut differently depending on. Oh, it launches in 70 days, 2 hours, 36 minutes and 31 seconds. So, so it'll tell me that, but it won't tell me the number of episodes. I don't think we knew how many episodes of Division or Falcon and Winter Soldier were before they started. I think we'll find out when we find out. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yes, I think you are right. I think we are going to have to wait and see with it. Oh, it looks like it might be eight. IMDb is telling me. Excellent. Um, with Kate Bishop being in all eight, Eleanor Bishop being in all eight. IMDb is also like, it's like a wiki, isn't it? It's done by fans. Yeah. So it could be anything. Yeah, so I mean, this is going to be interesting. So Maya Lopez, Echo, um, all eight as well. Okay. Uh, and uh, Florence Pugh, Elena. Hey. Uh, awesome. they, they say in all eight as well. So that definitely sounds like that's not going to be the case. And it's just done by a fan. Mm. Cool. But we think it's eight episodes. We shall wait, we shall see, but we think it's eight. Um. And, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to watch progress. Um, and how, if you are DC, do you keep up with Hawkeye? You find a hawk of your own. Ethan Hawk, technically. Um, he is going to play um, Batman. In a what? new animated series. Oh, voicing Batman. Okay. So Ethan Hawke is going to be Batman in Batwheels. <laughs> Batwheels. Yes. Um, Mars made a lot of money. Batman <laughs> should make more money. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, it's... Um, uh, Starring uh, cast of human heroes, uh, including Batman, Duke, Thomas, and Cassandra Kane. Five anthropomorphized, I can't say that word, anthropomorphized. So it's cars, but with the Batmobile, basically. Bat vehicles. Uh-huh. And a sentient back computer um, and a robot automotive service technician. Um, it's kind of uh, for anyone with young kids. It's kind of Blaze and the Monster Machines or Ricky Zoom or any of those sort of things with with 
um, yeah, cars with 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 bat cars. Um, uh, having just been created by the bat computer, our heroes are essentially kids with little or no life experience. Led by Bam, the Batmobile, the Batwheels are BB, the Batgirl Cycle, Redbird, Robin's sports car, mm-hmm. the Batwing, and Buff, the Bat Truck. And they must navigate the growing pains of being newly formed super team, as well as growing pains that come with just being a kid. Relatable and aspirational, uh, it will follow the journey of this dynamic team as they thrill and entertain with their heroic adventures, as well as demonstrate to kids the value of self-confidence, friendship, and teamwork. Is Ethan Hawke voicing Batman enough to bring you in? I mean, I'll be watching this regardless. As soon as he said cars, but with Batmobile, it's like, yeah. My son's going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. We're both in. Let's go. Uh, I just had a look at the picture online while you were saying this. It it really, you know how in cars the eyes of the cars are the windshield, not the not the um, headlights like you'd expect. They've done that as well. It literally is just cars, but Batmobile. Um, but yeah, man, it means I get to buy some more Batman toys for the child. I'm in. I mean, they are. They're going to be kind of you know stylized and. Um... They're going to be uh, so much fun. Just having a look at some of the designs now, it just looks great. There's a Joker mobile, the Joker nemesis, and this stuff is, is great. You know, when it doesn't take itself too seriously, and then you get to see the Bat family. Um, do you remember Batman Brave and the Bold? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, that was amazing. You know, it was just like, it was really fun and silly. And obviously, for me, it was all him teaming up with like real C list heroes like. Animal Man and Etrigan the Demon and like randomos like that. It was just great. And I think this will be loads of fun. The designs look really fun. I think there'll be fun toys and stuff. And uh, as a geek parent with young children, it's always nice to have stuff that um, we can watch together and there's that kind of shared interest. Um, like we're watching Gateway drugs new... is the word Gateway you're looking drugs for. Is the word I'm looking for, indeed. We're watching the new it's not called DC Superhero Girls, but it's basically that, but the new version. I can't remember what it's called now. Um, uh, with my daughter, and she loves it, and it's great, and we're watching, you know, and, and she's talking about, um, yeah, just having conversations about the Green Lantern and Batwoman, the Batgirl, and all that kind of stuff. In. I'm in. This is fun. Let's go. B, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I like the bat, bat, Batmobiles, quite cool. Do I want to see a, a Joker car? No. It looks quite cool, man. Penguin car? No. Oh, come on. Come on, a penguin car. Are, are you worried these are going to be pops up and turns into too stylized and, you know, the, the design's going to be just kind of like too on the nose then? <laughs> Very good. Um, like Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. No, I just, I don't know. This is for a different sort of market. Um, I, I, I like um, Batman to be dark, mysterious, and and just just like um, serious. How George Clooney played him. Yeah, that's right. The Bat Card. Don't leave home without it. 
Um, and you're suggesting that a, a, a program based on sentient Batmobile for kids is, is not going to be dark and broody? No. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I'm having a weird week. I, it just doesn't, doesn't do anything for me, I'm afraid. So I think what you're looking for is something um, a little bit more serious, a little bit more kind of um, grounded um, where you see Batman less as the the, the, the the cuddly character and more of the vigilante. Absolutely. Well, in that case, the first look at Peacemaker that's just come out might be what you're looking for because it stars hmm. this, the vigilante is going to be a character in it. Ooh. Um, we uh, have the first few pictures um, uh, that have been released um, from Entertainment Weekly had the first look. Um, and it shows uh, Argus agents uh, Economus and Harker, who we saw at the end of uh, The Suicide Squad, going to uh, collect Peacemaker to save the world. Mm-hmm. Save the chuffin world. Um, uh Alongside uh, newcomers Mern, who is uh, meant to be a um, uh, mercenary who is hired, um, uh, Adebayo, uh, Vigilante, played by Freddie Stromer, and uh, John Cena's Peacemaker. Um, and uh, they've been brought together to save the world. Uh, James Gunn has mentioned that uh, Murren is a mercenary working for Walla. Vigilante will live up to his name. Um, and Adebayo isn't always treated the best by people around her. But despite her differences with, with Peacemaker, they form a bond. Uh, we're going to see a little bit of uh, where Peacemaker came from. Uh, Gunn told Variety last month. There's a moment in the Suicide Squad where Bloodsport talks about his father and what his father was like. You cut to a shot of Peacemaker and Peacemaker knots. That's the seed of the entire Peacemaker series. So you get to see Peacemaker with his father, who's played by Robert Patrick, which is incredible. Um, where he came from, what he's done, what it means to him, and where he's going after all of this. Because he's not an evil person, he's just a bad guy. Uh, he seems sort of irredeemable in the film, but I think that there's more to him. We didn't get a chance to know him in the Suicide Squad in the way we would get to know him and some of the other characters. So that's what the whole show is about. I needed eight episodes to do it at least. B, is this sounding more up your street? Yes. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Adios. Cheerio. Would you I like to expand? A B gap. A B pause. B pause. I mean, um, I, I realise this is this is episode uh, six thousand seventy-seven, seventy-eight. Wow. Uh, Seventy-nine. Sorry. Um, so you know, we've not been doing this for a long time. But um, for <laughs> for the benefit of the people listening, would you like to expand on that at all? Yes, because um, I think Peacemakers are. are a great character um you know 
I like the fact that he will stop at nothing to get peace, even if it means killing a hundred people or blowing up a building or, you know, it's just that sort of thing that, that sounds quite, quite cool. Um, but it has that dark element to it, which which I, I kind of really like in in, in movies and, and comic books and, and and so forth. So I think it's going to be an awesome thing. And you know, Tiger's such an amazing um, uh, director. I think uh, sorry, James Gunn, such an amazing character director. Get my tongues. <laughs> I'll start again. James Gunn is such an amazing director um, and, you know, if he's got anything to do with it, which he has, this is going to be a great show. It's uh, definitely got some uh, interest. Um, you know, it's the story that uh, James Gunn felt needed to be told after the Suicide Squad. Mm. Um, T, is it B and C level enough for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in, man. This sounds good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I know I'm always going on about burn the DC universe down and start again or whatever, but really what I'm saying is just, you know, don't stop trying to universe build and just do things, just tell stories you want to tell, you know, tell stories. I think that creators want to tell, not a studio feels like, oh, hey, let's take cars and Batman and mush together and that, you know what I mean? Um, and James Gunn wants to tell this story and John Cena wants to tell this story and that's awesome. It sounds like it's going to be great. I mean, Cena just seems to be having so much fun with this. Um, you know, he gets to play it quite straight, um, but also to the levels of ridiculousness. Um, on Among the many podcasts I listen to, including this one, obviously, um, uh, I listen to some wrestling podcasts. There was one talking about John Cena, who's come from the world of wrestling, in case you didn't know that for whatever reason, um, turning up to the Suicide Squad trailer in full Peacemaker outfit, uh, whereas mm. no one else in the cast did. They were just in their normal clothes. Um, and it is just, you know, John Cena just loving it and enjoying everything about it. Um, he really, like, throws into all of his projects, doesn't he? He just... I mean, I mean, I know that's his persona, but he's just sort of positive guy. Like, like he was in Transformers, and he's in this, and he's in DC Hero, and he's he's in Fast, Fast and Furious, and, Furious, and yeah. you know, just like just loving life and getting these projects that he just clearly wants to do. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's got a new film on. I want to say it's Disney Plus Vacation Pals. I think. Is he doing the comedies that every yeah. action hero must do at some point? Is he uh, done a, a nanny? Is he looking after a young child? Does he have to teach them? Is he a spy who's looking after a young child? That's the formula, isn't it? Uh, I think so. The, the the comedies he's done have just been him being like super mega awkward. Mm. Um, uh, you know, similar to Peacemaker, just like playing it pretty straight and just being super mega awkward. So I think on this one, they are... Um, uh, and I haven't actually seen much of the film. I, I do want to watch it, but I haven't seen much of it yet. But I think the premise from what I understand is it's one of those kind of like, oh, and you know, if you're ever in whatever, you'll have to come and see us. Um, and they do. Mm -hmm. uh, so it feels, I mean, you know, I, I, it kind of speaks to me because it's got a certain amount of National Lampoon's vacation style 
Look, Jay, when you invited me round, I thought you meant it. All right? That's why I came. When someone invites me, I go to their house. Fuck's sake. Which which, which was lovely, but I wasn't expecting the suitcase. (laughs) I mean, I thought it was coffee. You thought it was July. Um, And we have to watch all those fucking Christmas movies, Jesus. In July, yes. Yep. (laughs) Including National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which brings us back... Anyway, um... But yeah, I mean, the ones he's done previously, you know, Cock Blockers, and he was in Sisters, I think it was, um, with Tina Fey and um, I'm blanking on her name. She was in Community. No, sorry, Parks and Recs. Um, But yes, that's the one. Yes. yeah, he plays he plays some very interesting characters, some very bold characters compared to um, what you may expect of him. Um, but yeah, it's it it's you know really interesting, and he's he's a guy that's got a real kind of appetite to to throw himself into the roles, um, as we saw with Fast and the Furious, or the Fast Saga, or Fast Nine. What one was this called? Fast and Furious? Finally finished? <laughs> no, 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 no. They have not jumped a dinosaur yet. They are mm. not done. It's about time. I mean, surely driving a car to space is their equivalent of jumping a shark? Nope. Nope. I think there is a literal shark <laughs> that needs to be jumped. Um. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's an interesting one. And Peacemaker, we're expecting in January. So, um, oh, is this going to be uh, HBO, presumably? So we may is, get it, it through is. Amazon, or we may not. I guess absolutely HBO Max. So we'll see where it lands to uh, to us. But um, cannot wait. I think that's going to be great, and uh, will be a good way just to kind of shake off the Christmas blues that. T will be feeling after he's not allowed to play Michael Bublé or, or Mariah Carey anymore. <laughs> um, but one show that is on now that we will want to talk about is um, What If. So if you have not caught up, if you are not up to date with What If, if you do not want to sp- us to speak uh, in spoilerific terms about uh, last week's What If, uh, then we understand, and we will do our recommendations now so that you can bid us good night and be on your way. Uh, and then we will have a uh, honest and frank conversation about what if. So, um, B, what's your recommendation for the week? So, my recommendation of the week is Lord of the Rings, all three movies, the trilogy, because. They Extended or cinematic edition? Friggin' awesome. Um, either or. If you've got the time, watch the extended. I don't. I mean, if you've got the time to watch the trilogy, you've got the time to watch the extended. I mean, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, they are su- such great stories. Um, you know, you can really immerse yourself in 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 the story, and and it's great acting, great filmography, great scenes, great everything it, it's it's brilliant it's told a fantastic way um mr jackson does an amazing job um 
Um, yeah, so that's my recommendation this week. Um, I watched The Two Towers a um, um, couple of weeks ago. Um, I'll be watching Return of the King um, this week. So, but Did you skip Fellowship? Uh, no, I saw that about a month ago. All right, okay. So, um, yeah, I've gradually done it over a month. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's definitely worth doing. It, it's even if you watched it previously, it's worth it's it's timeless. I think. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I I, I watch them every year, um, extended only. <laughs> uh, so is this I, like painting the 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 San Francisco Bridge where yeah, you finish it and finished, it's, time it's time to start, start again? again. Yeah. And mm. not only that, I no longer watch them as like a movie. And then I'll just watch like twenty minutes and then stop and then start again. And like it might be parts of one film and parts of the other. It's so like merged into one big story in my head. Um, no, but yeah, I, I, absolutely. And I I love the books, and people get very mad when I say this, but I think the story is just better told in the films because of the way it's recut and restructured. Um, I'd say extended editions because, you know, so much, I mean, there's still so much chopped out, obviously, mm. uh, but things like um, Saruman's ending, you know, is in the extended edition and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if you want just to experience the story because of the way it's recut and, and sort of redone, I think the films are a better way of, of experiencing them. Um, so yeah, no, absolutely love it. Love the books, love the films, love all of it. Um, and it's one of those things that once, when you do watch them or read it or whatever, it's so fucking immersive, right? Because then you just want to be in like Middle Earth all the time, mm. and then you start watching like YouTube videos, and you start watching behind the scenes stuff, and you start watching like, and it's Tolkien's world is so dense. I mean, there's like there's Tolkien professors, right? There's Tolkien courses you can do at university. Um, uh, so there's just there's so much to unpick and so many specific things to explore and there's like there's one guy that just does <laughs> the travels so he'll just pick a cat he'll just be like yeah what are Gandalf's travels during Lord of the Rings and he'll just talk about exactly where this guy moves around the map and it's it's amazing <laughs> it's so like fucking engrossing because there's just so much there um, and you know some stuff is just too dense and too difficult for like you know too easily accessed like the similarian is really hard to read because uh, it's like this massive insane historical document and all this youtube stuff makes it much more accessible and easy so it's great it's great and it can really take not just the what is it 16 hours of the extended editions mm. but then many many hours afterwards of just like reading and watching behind the scenes and like background and stuff like that it's, it's cool it's cool to go into middle earth every year i think I, I'm the least of the fandom of the Lord of the Rings of the three of us. Um, I've seen them. Well, no, I've seen the original three. Mm-hmm. Still haven't watched the prequels, the Hobbit trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they were fun enough. Um, I feel I've already given enough of my life to watching trees walk. Um, so I, I just, I, it doesn't have that kind of drag for the rewatch value for me. I, I, there's, there's other things that I want to watch with 16 hours of my life. Mm. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't grab me in the same sort of way. 
Um, and it's interesting because as I'm saying this, there is a, a voice of someone I know who I know is a huge Lord of the Rings fan, and I can imagine I can I can hear her telling me all the reasons I'm wrong um, and why I'm not appreciating this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, we might have to arrange for her to come on at some point, so you three can tell me why <laughs> I, what I, what I'm missing um, in the the. I, it's silly things. I, I found myself getting annoyed with Lord of the Rings the other day for no reason and in no context. But for whatever, you know, I, I don't even know what triggered it. But the fact that the, 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 the Lich King, you know, no man can yeah, kill yeah, me. Yeah. Ah, but I'm a woman. Um, felt like the, the, the dumbest reveal ever. In a world where you've got you know, things that are not men in regards to, you know, this is a hobbit and this is a halfling and this well, is a, uh, arguably, an elf and this is a dork. And this is was a... a hobbit that killed, you know, it wasn't necessarily her. Maybe it was, oh God, I forgot it was Mary or Pippin now, um, but maybe it was uh, Mary and or Pippin uh, that was the killer. Um, you think yeah, she was uh, just taking credit for it? Yeah, kind of. You know, the, the, that's one of the views of it. Um, but that well, this, I was going to say. So there's two interesting things there. Well, one is, I think, you know, understanding that this is a really fucking old story. So you know, the the storytelling conventions that we've evolved over the last hundred years, these those things weren't there. This created, you know, the fantasy genre and the world building and all of this mm-hmm. stuff. But that, it's like watching the Matrix now and thinking, oh god, it's really fucking cheesy. Well, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't at all. It just it was then. Mo- uh, what do you call it? Parody constantly. Um, uh, and the other thing is actually what I think is so cool is that it is so deep and there is so much discussion and there's so much, you know, stuff to unpick. So so it's like the, the, the classic Lord of the Rings question is always, oh, yeah, why didn't they just fucking fly the eagle, use the eagles and, and dump the, the thing? Um, and the answer really is because that'd be a really shit story. That'd be really boring. <laughs> but then if you want to go within universe, then it's like, well, actually, Sauron... Uh, uh, actually had an air force, right? So he would he would have stopped that because he, you know, and they mentioned the bird spies in the first film, and and then you get to see the 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 dragons that the kings are flying around and that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, there is a sort of in-story reason, but also just because actually it, it's just a story and it's the first story of its kind to be told in this way, uh, with this amount of world building and that kind of stuff. Um, so I think you know, keeping all of that in mind, um. And Jay, you know your point about the the walking and the trying you know, to really, it, it, I mean, it's it's a traveling thing, right? It, it, it's it's a journey. And, and the, the the seven hours of ending. Oh man, I love the endings. It's oh, which in one the films as well in the films as well. I love that it just keeps going. <laughs> Honestly, I just love it. It's like because I'm never ready to leave Middle Earth, and it's like oh, this is so good, and then you get to leave it again, and you get to, and it's just like this constant. Oh, and then here's the history of this, and here's the, and in the books, right? There are like appendices at the end of the book. There's just shit tons more you can read, and there's so much more. And it's just it's like when you come out of a film and you go straight to the IMDb page and start re- reading the trivia, and you know, in the background and in the in the comics, here's what happened. It's just having that, but right there on screen for you. Yeah, and and I really appreciate actually that. It was filmed in that way. So whilst a lot of things were modernized and the pacing was changed up and it was sped up and all that stuff, which which really helped. And obviously it won all the Oscars and stuff. Um, I, I, I also like some of the the classic storytelling stuff is still there. Um, 
yeah, it's I don't know. It's really powerful for me. I mean, I mean, Viggo Mortensen, who is an amazing actor in everything he does, and he, he to me, he's still Aragorn. Do you know what I mean? I still, I still. Mm. Think, um, I mean, Ian McKellen, arguably Magneto for a lot of people, or one of the many thousands of roles that he's been is done. But you know, I still think of Miss Gandalf. I still yeah. think of you know. Yeah. That's the first thing my head goes to. It's just amazing. Great shout, B. Really great. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> wasn't actually your recommendation. Yeah, I, I called that right at the end. <laughs> I've got to recommend something now that I care about way less than Lord of the Rings. Because <laughs> B's recommended all three in one go. The dick. <laughs> I recommend the fantasy genre. <laughs> Stories. <laughs> I recommend fiction. <laughs> Concept of it. What would you like to recommend this week? Uh, I think I gave it away earlier when we we're talking about Hawkeye. I want to recommend the Matt Fraction, David Arger um, Hawkeye comics. The first one is called uh, My Life as a Weapon. It's the first five. Um, and it's got, I think, the uh, Avengers comic in there as well. Um, as I said, I mean, it, oh God, it's, just, it's, it's exactly my kind of comic. I think Hawkeye might have been a bit C-list back when this comic came out because this was before the um, before the Avengers movies and stuff like that. I think my time frame's all fucked up. Um, but yeah, uh, 2013. No, so actually, uh, Avengers would have come up by then. But anyway, it is just this guy is kind of down on his luck, but he can shoot arrows and sometimes hangs around with gods. And then there's this girl who's an even better archer and it's a great story and there's no super they don't have any superpowers, but they're in a world of superpowers and it is so much fun. Um I think it's genuinely one of the best and most sort of interesting comic books that you can pick up. Um it definitely needs to be read. Um uh, and you get to see Kate and Clint's uh very first meeting um so i would recommend this probably as pre-reading to the uh christmas show that's coming up <laughs> good recommendation um i'm going to recommend uh 2010's kick-ass um kick-ass. i i just thought it was such an incredibly yeah interesting and funny take on superheroes you know the kid wants to be a superhero and kind of ends up becoming a superhero with his power being he suffers such severe nerve damage that he can't feel pain. And that means that he can just get on with, with getting beaten up and trying to save people from it. Um, Nick Cage in it is, is immense. Oh, doing um, his Adam West impression as well. So good. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz jumps onto the screen as yeah. an 11-year-old uh, girl who um, cusses and cuts people in half. Um, uh, uh, Christopher Mintz uh, plus uh, as Red Mist is just yes. incredible. Um, watching the evolution and then moving into Kick-Ass 2 and where that character goes is uh, insane. Um, it's just, you know, it's 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 brutal, it's funny, it's um, yeah, it's just a great film. Um, part of the Mark Miller story, the, the Millerverse. Um, uh, Matthew Vaughan, the director, who then went on to do things like the Kingsman films that I'm a huge fan of. Um, yeah, just just up and down, I think. Uh, incredible. 
great comic, great film. Um, yeah, and it was that time when you know, sort of deconstructing all the the superhero tropes and stuff like that, and it came at such a great time. Uh, just amazing, just amazing. Really did. And um, speaking of deconstructing, yeah. um, we're now going to move on to what if and deconstruct what the. So episode five of What If, uh, and we finally have the zombies. Yeah. Um, so the question posed in this one is, what if the quantum realm is the MacGuffin that gets us everywhere we need it to be? You know what? I thought the question was just like, what if zombies? Stop. I think that's yeah. I think that might be it. Um, is Hank Pym becoming the most dangerous man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yeah, I like it. That's twice now he's killed the Avengers. Yep. He's just like always on a fucking thread. This guy, any minute now he could go. Turns out Hank Pym is actually Michael Douglas from Falling Down. <laughs> a brilliant movie. Um, yeah. So Hank Pym goes. Uh, finds uh, Janet Van Dyne in the uh, quantum realm, but uh, she has been infected with a quantum disease um, and is a quantum zombie and then quantum eats uh, Hank Pym, who then has enough wherewithal to drive the shuttle back to Earth to eat everyone else. Makes sense. How did we feel about Marvel Zombies finally? I loved it. I really loved it. it. I I just enjoyed how they made the whole show. Um, you know, it was shown from um, Spidey's perspective um, in 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 some way. Um, showed from Vision's perspective in some way, showed it from um, Ant-Man's perspective in some way. Um, I just loved the different characters and, and their interactions. And, and it, I, you know, I, I, I've been loving the What If um, series. I, I, I just think it's a different perspective. Um, and it's just been great to uh, follow um, as an alternative take on the Marvel Universe. It's um, definitely swinging for the fences in this one. Um, T, how did you find it? Um, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I think, you know, yeah, for me it was just wife zombies, fine. Um, I thought it was quite nice to see, you know, uh, Spidey come out on his own and sort of, you know, become... Because I felt like there's actually a story there beyond what if zombies where we could actually see this is how we get to see Spider-Man step up and this particular Spider-Man become, you know, the hero and, and all that kind of stuff. And then it just sort of ended. Um, and I thought, oh, it must, must, be, must be a part two or something because, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, man? Like, it just, oh, okay, we'll show you a little bit of it and then, and then that's it. So... That 
so I liked I liked the as much as of it I liked as much of it as I got. I liked getting to see Spider Man as the the main Avenger and as the hero, and I liked to see you know especially all of his stuff around hope and belief and how he's going to make it all happen and that kind of stuff. Um, so it was nice to have that as a story. Um, and then when it ended, it just felt like oh, this was really fucking lazy. Like if you are going to give me a story to engage to actually characters that I care about and I engage in, and that was my complete last one because I didn't. In this case, I did. Then give me something of them. So the ones that I've liked so far, the Captain Carter and uh, Black Panther in space. You know, you gave me a, a a character that I really engaged with, or a couple of characters I engaged with, and then you told me a really good story, and it was a holistic story. And ultimately, you know, this is a what if thing. You can make it as long or as short as you like. You can tell as much, but but tell the whole story, man. Um, so I'm really. Yeah, I just sort of cheesed off at the end of it when I was like, oh, well, that's the end. It's another what if now. And the whole thing, I think, given the past few weeks of these, I'm just overall, you know, losing sort of patience with the whole thing. It just feels like sort of slightly lazy storytelling. The Doctor Strange thing, nothing mattered. And in the end, nothing mattered. The one before that, all the Avengers died and it didn't matter. And, and no one really cared. And this one again, it was yeah, an interesting story, a nice nice start to it, and then we're not even going to bother sort of taking you through it. Really, that's what it felt like to me. I like the journey, but not the ending. Uh, yeah, the ending was a little bit counter, uh, well, anticlimactic and counterintuitive in the sense of I kind of had this question as to whether Wakanda really was this zombie-proof last outpost of, of humanity thing mm. or whether we were going to kind of have that kind of hope ripped away from us again like had happened a few times in that episode. Mm. Um, and it just wasn't. You know, we didn't, we didn't get an answer. It was just kind of like, maybe. Um, yeah. So it felt pace-wise um it just felt quite strange. Um, you had this group of, of survivors who have managed to stay together and, and, you know, a little bit of zombie land in regards to, you know, the rules and which, which I'm there for, you know, more than happy, especially with the Peter Parker character. I thought that worked really well. Um, but these people that were so close and so careful and so good at looking after themselves and so good at making sure that they weren't, you know, open to these things and were surviving in this area suddenly all just died mm-hmm. um and it was just really strange that it was just suddenly like um oh and he's dead now and he's dead now and yeah. he's dead now and she's dead now and and you know they're sacrificed and they're sacrificed and it, it was just a really kind of um you know just just suddenly just kind of like you know cull of of uh, the people down um, but I thought that that was that what what made this episode because obviously they were doing fine until Bruce turned up, and then Bruce not being able to become the Hulk, and them being having to look after Bruce and 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 sort of protect him resulted in a number of the team dying. That's how I sort of saw it. But Bruce yeah. was kind of secondary in the sense of whether Bruce was there or not, they were going to get the, the ping from 
New Jersey mm. and they would have gone there anyway. It also felt like everyone's now dying off because now you're getting to the end of the story, right? So you're killing all, off all these characters because now the story's coming to an end and, and now we're going to have Peter's big final whatever. And then you didn't get it and it was just like, well, why did you bother with any of it? Yeah. Um, and we think we've got a cure. But do we? Yeah. Um, I also have a, a, a tactical issue in the sense of if you've spent forever fighting these zombies and you know how difficult they are and how you know how, how unstoppable they are the likes of Bruce Banner being put in a position where he's going to sacrifice himself mm-hmm. when you know that means that down the line somewhere you're likely to have to face zombie yeah. Hulk yeah Surely, yeah. I mean, you know, it was a surprise to no one when, when, when zombie Hope reached up as yeah. giant woman and grabbed the plane because she's a giant zombie now. So it just felt really weird that, you know, again, you know, this, this intelligence, this cleverness, this survival, and it all went out the window. And, you know, if, if you tell me the story that this is the first hope that they've had then you know i can understand everyone kind of you know losing their mind and going for it but you know it's gonna you know let's not get our hopes up it's going to be a dead end like all the other ones you've kind of done all this before you know what what what's your thinking about the trains that's happened whilst you live in grand central station yeah rather than just the day you decide to leave grand central station Hmm. It, it's. I feel that the the very narrow time slot, the the half hourish time slot, is quite repressive for the stories they're trying to tell. Um, however, for a lot of them, um, I don't really. I'm not. I'm not driven to spend any more time in that world. But you know, it's it's self imposed. That's the thing. This isn't old days of telly. Where you've got that's your time slot, and after that is the news, and after that is the you know, and you've got yeah, to it's a format that they've chosen. You've chosen that, and actually, if you had decided in the creation of this episode, hey, listen, we need another fifteen minutes to wrap it up. Hey, guess what, mate? You could have it. It's fine. You're not working towards syndication. You're not working towards how many you know minutes can I fit onto a Blu-ray. It's entirely in your gift. Just tell the fucking story. Yeah, an interesting one. Um, I mean, this is the one that had everyone in. You know, all of the people in it were the, the well, pretty much all the people in it were the people who were being played by themselves or, or the, the the original actors, I should say. Right. Um, Tom Holland in it. Oh, that's a good shout. I haven't seen. I, I don't think that was Tom Holland. No. Because I, I think there was issues with um, Sony. Sony. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that. Um, I mean, weirdly, Dave Dismalchin, even even Dave Dismalchin's back for, for this one, which is um, uh, an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, you're right. Tom Holland is the one that seems to be missing. 
from this. Um, but yeah, it was it it it's an interesting um, setup. So uh, the IMDb ratings from the first five episodes. What do you think the the lowest rated episode of the five that we've seen so far would be? I'd say Doctor Strange would be the lowest, or maybe the one before the one where um, everyone assassinated. What if the world lost its mightiest heroes? That's the one. Um, B, what's your guess? Yeah, I reckon it's the Avengers one. Captain Carter. Wow. No way, I really love that one. That's got that a really um, good. rating of 7.1. No way. Uh, and what do you think the highest rated episode is? T'Challa Star-Lord. Yes, definitely. Scored an 8.1, which is tied with What If the World Lost the Mighty- its Mightiest Heroes and What If Zombies. And all of those are joint second to what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his head, instead of his hands, um, which scored a nine. There you go. I mean, half of IMDb things are scored before they even air, don't they? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I, th- I think this is going to be interesting to continue to watch it through. I think we're about halfway at this point. I think there's nine in this run, um, and there's a season two as well, isn't there? So yes, potentially yes. we get things revisited, right? So potentially we get zombie episode part two in season two, so or wrapped up in the end of season one. Um, yeah, because yeah. we still know that there's likely to be some sort of Guardians of the Multiverse style. Yeah, team. Uh, so we might be able to see kind of some of the, you know, similar to what the Exiles did in the um, Marvel comics, kind of people out of their time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, interesting. Um, tomorrow's is um, Killmonger. Woo-hoo. It seems. <laughs> so presumably you're just going to stay up until that comes out. Yes. Yeah. We, we know yes. someone can't sleep tonight. So, uh, you know, just over just under nine hours. Easily doable. Um, if, if anyone who uh, works with Jade is listening, you should put a meeting in with him in nine hours' time. <laughs> a really long meeting. Yeah, from eight. Oh. I will find a way. I'm, I'm resourceful. Yeah. Um, the mute button mostly, but yeah, nine hours. So I think you know Connection Creed, Creed Two, and Black Panther. You know, two and a bit times each. Excellent. Um, interesting on this one, just as as Homecoming finishes on the TV uh, as we record this, um, there was something special about What If Zombies. There was something. Unique. There was there was a first zombies. Do either of you know what it is? Mm. No. It is the first MCU mention of Uncle Ben. 
Yes, oh. that's right. I do remember that. Yes. Um, we obviously didn't get that in in Civil War mm-hmm. uh, when we had the um, Spider-Man origin. And then uh, we've, we've talked. Uncle ben. We've talked at length about you know our, our love of not having to tell that story and how that and the Batman origin are probably ones that you can just accept are in the zeitgeist and people will know. Um, but yeah, Uncle Ben got actually uh, name checked. Excellent. So there we go. We shall see what tomorrow brings um, and see how it works through. Uh, but we will be back next week to talk about uh, how this was the best episode of What If Ever um, and uh, anything else that's going on, really. So until then, continue to look after yourself and each other. And we will chat to you next week. Bye-bye. Adios. Cheerio. Thank you.